Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features, get your free mind snack now. Today we will unlock the book open, an autobiography. Andre Agassi is an American professional tennis player. He won 60 tournaments in his stellar 21-year professional career, including a spectacular eight Grand Slam titles. In 1999, the 29-year-old Agassi clinched his epic victory at the French Open, making him the first career Golden Slam male player in tennis history. The Golden Slam is all four majors plus Olympic gold. Agassi retired after the 2006 US Open because of injuries. Agassi's life had already been set in motion by his father even before leaving the cradle. Spurred by his father, the young Agassi underwent brutal training. And after hitting several million balls each year, he turned professional at 16. Ultimately, after battling through thousands of tough matches, he finally lived up to his father's expectations by becoming the world's number one ranked player. But as with many athletes pushed from a very young age by their parents, tennis and life were always in conflict in his world. In the end, that resulted in a long-lasting aversion to the sport. Agassi's wild uninhibited image over the years was clearly a rebellion against his father's control. Still, the bad boy image made him a compelling figure even beyond the tennis world. But the emotional roller coaster of the peaks of victories and the troughs of defeats caused thoughts of retirement to take root in his mind time and time again. And meanwhile, the waves of criticism he had been bearing weighed heavily on his mind as well. Ultimately, though after his retirement, Agassi became a beloved superstar, not only for his skills and victories, but also for his extraordinary charisma, sportsmanlike spirit, and philanthropic deeds. In this book, Agassi tells the story of his contradictory and conflicted life which oscillated between self-destruction and self-improvement. Maybe you don't know who Andre Agassi is, and maybe you don't like tennis. Still, this biography reflects more than just a tennis story. Everybody who likes a story of triumph over fate can find themselves in this book. We can ruminate on Agassi's experience, how will you deal with a situation where you can't choose your life and destiny on your own? The book is a collaboration between Andre Agassi and American journalist and writer J.R. Moringer. But Moringer insisted that the book belonged only to Agassi, telling him that the book is about his stories, his people, and his battles. Nevertheless, under the literary presentation of the winner of the Pulitzer Prize Moringer, Agassi's tumultuous life story was hailed as the most revealing, literate, and toes-stompingly honest sports autobiography in history. Open, an autobiography is one of the most complex, profound, subtle, and down-to-earth introspections a prominent figure can make. Time magazine described the book as one of the best sports autobiographies of all time for its moving story and literary excellence. In this bookie, we will unveil the book in three parts. Part 1, His Aspiration to be Number 1 in the World. Part 2, Opening the Road to Number 1. Part 3, Agassiz's Brand New Life. Even before birth, 
Agassi's father decided he would be a professional tennis player. While still in the crib, his father hung tennis balls for him to track with his eyes. He also crafted him a ping-pong paddle to fit his hand, and to hit the balls with. The early learning paid off. At just one year old, he proved his father right. Watching a ping-pong game, Agassi surprised everyone by moving just his eyes, not his head. He's a natural, his father exclaimed. At three years old and about as tall as a tennis racket, his father started his formal tennis training. When Agassi was four years old, his father declared, he's going to be number one in the world. Andre, he says you've got to eat, sleep, and drink tennis. It's the only way you're going to be number one. Agassi's father Emmanuel was an Iranian-born Armenian who was exposed to tennis as a teenager. Later, Emmanuel became a boxer and represented Iran in two Olympic Games in the bantamweight division. Having broadened one's horizons at the Olympics, Emmanuel forged a passport, snuck out of Iran, ended up in Chicago, and gave himself an Americanized name, Mike Agassi. Mike Agassi met his wife in Chicago, and they eloped to up-and-coming gambling town Las Vegas where they ended up living and raising four children. Mike worked extremely hard and he frequently took long night shifts at the casino. But he viewed tennis as his life, and he also raised his four children, Rita, Philly, Tammy, and Andre to be tennis players. They became the sound of music's von traps of tennis. All four children are good tennis players, but Andre is by far the best. Mike was obsessed with tennis because he considered the game to be the perfect balance of power and strategy. It was also the easiest path he could see to achieve the heights of the American dream. Therefore, as the father, Mike provided his kids a home like this, as long as you live here, you have to play tennis. With his paranoia, rage, and anger, the father made tennis a necessary, if not unrelenting presence in his children's lives. Agassi said, if he says I'm going to play tennis, if he says I'm going to be number one in the world, that it's my destiny, all I can do is nod and obey. Agassi's father also built a tennis court with his own hands in his backyard with unequaled persistence and energy. He modified a ball machine called the Dragon. In the eyes of the young Agassi, the dragon looked like a living breathing monster. He looked and felt infinitely small in front of the dragon. When the dragon issued a terrifying torrent of balls, he felt so insignificant, isolated, and helpless. But as much as he feared the dragon, his father was even more terrifying. He demanded that his son hit every ball that the dragon fired at him and be even more powerful and faster than the relentless machine. He had to beat the dragon, his father gave him no other choice. His father built a net that was six inches taller than the standard height. He believed that if Agassi could overcome that obstacle, he would surely conquer the fabled nets of Wimbledon one day. His father wouldn't tolerate any mistakes, so he kept yelling, ranting, and even hurled torrents of abuse against the young Agassi. He always told his son, the net is your biggest enemy. Agassi recounted, my father says that if I hit 2,500 balls each day, I'll hit 17,500 balls each week, and at the end of one year I'll have hit nearly 1 million balls.
He believes in math. Numbers he says don't lie. A child who hits one million balls each year will be unbeatable. Agassi relentlessly hit the tennis balls rocketing from the dragon's mouth. At the same time, his father constantly yelled in his ear, hit earlier, damn it. Andre, hit earlier or hit harder, hit harder. Agassi recalled, I have no room to turn, to step, to pivot. I can't move without stepping on a ball, and yet I can't step on a ball, because my father won't bear it. Step on one of my father's tennis balls and he'll howl as if you stepped on his eyeball. In addition to his rigorous training, his father devised a devious yet effective tactic for him to unleash on his opponents. He called it putting a blister on the other guy's brain. It's an unconventional psychological tactic that attacks an opponent's strengths. If the guy is a great server, you above all try to return his serve. If he's a power player, you have to hit with even more power than him. If he has a strong forehand and takes pride in it, you keep counterpunching by attacking his forehand position until he feels compelled to abandon that weapon. These tactics, this brutal philosophy stayed with Agassi for the rest of his life. His father made him a boxer with a tennis racket. Most tennis players strive to become dominant servers, but Agassi's father turned him into a different kind of competitor. That was to become an unparalleled master of the service return. Meantime, when Agassi was eight years old, his father began guiding him down the road to number one in the world. Every weekend, the family would travel to different places around their area to take part in tournaments. Agassi secured his first victories when he won all seven of the ten and under tennis events he entered. Finally, the day arrived when his father could no longer beat him at tennis. As a result, Agassi was sent 3,000 miles away from home to an up-and-coming tennis boarding school run by former paratrooper Nick Borlatieri. Although he had finally escaped his father, Agassi felt very much alone as soon as he set foot in a school that looked like a prisoner of war camp. In a school ruled by the law of the jungle, there was continual pressure, ruthless competition, and a lack of adult supervision like in the Lord of the Flies. The harsh environment made this adolescent child rebellious. In turn, he let those around him in on his inner cry, he was unhappy and wanted to go home. Agassi neither studied nor did his homework, and didn't listen to lectures. His schoolwork had gone from bad to worse. He also showed his attitude through bad behaviors. He went out of his way to break the school rules, including piercing his ears and wearing outrageous earrings. To make sure nobody missed his unhappiness, he was very creative in coming up ways of rebelling, he drank and smoked, stayed out at night, got into fights, even asked his barber for a mohawk haircut with both sides of his head shaven. He even dyed the peak of the mohawk pink. In tournaments, he wore torn, faded, and dirty shorts instead of proper tennis clothes. He even put on eyeliner and gaudy earrings. Still, despite all the shenanigans, he was the best tennis player in the school. And when all the bad behavior failed to achieve its goal, Agassi finally decided to heed the words of his friend Perry Roger. His friend's advice was to seize the opportunity to learn from Borlatieri the schoolmaster and win competitions.
in this way, it would grant him his freedom. Finally, at the age of 14, Agassi began to take real steps towards a professional career. In 1985, Agassi earned his first prize money $2,000 in one of the biggest tournaments of the year at La Quinta. The victory improved his harsh living conditions a little. Borlettieri, the leader of the tennis academy became Agassi's personal coach. Their working relationship had turned from hostile to cordial. They trained hard and focused on the sport with undivided attention and worked together towards a common goal, to conquer the world of tennis. In the early spring of 1986, Agassi played a series of satellite tournaments. In the fifth event the Masters, he lost the final, but still qualified for the $1,100 runner-up player's bonus. However, if he took this prize money, he would officially give up his amateur status and become a professional player. He found himself at a loss, because he expected more from life in the future than just professional tennis, the sport he was forced into. However, Agassi's father in his usual abrasive manner dictated to his son how to make the most critical decision of his lifetime. On April 29, 1986 his 16th birthday, Agassi officially became a professional tennis player. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play. Get your free mind snack now.